everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just Three Brothers Podcast. I'm one of three of your hosts, Kat. Um, before we do a formal intro today, um, I'm just going to have a little disclaimer. Um, I think I speak for everyone here when I say that our goals for this channel are to have interesting, uh, thought-provoking, and very uh, just entertaining conversations off the cuff. Um, that being said, there are going to be times where we're making mistakes. So sometimes we may not have a couple facts here or there, because remember, we're going mostly off of uh, memory and just our passion. So the thing is too, is that um, if there's something that kind of didn't rub you the right way, feel free to make a comment. You know, we're the, we're the kind of guys that like to engage with our community and that's really important to us. So again, you know, there'll be times where we make a mistake. We might say that, uh, you know, for example, oh, one of the DBZ movies is number eight. Uh Oh, it was actually number nine. So with that being said, another thing that I'm going to say right now, you'll never hear me say this again, but because uh, I think it's up to the viewer to decide what they want to do, what they want to watch. But again, you know, liking our videos and subscribing to the channel is a huge help to us. You know, we're just getting this off the ground and we've already got a lot of traction. Surprisingly, with the first episode, we'd love to see that traction continue. Hey guys, it's Dallas here. Um, I'm happy that you guys really showed your support with the first video. That means a lot to us. We have over 100 subscribers now on YouTube and over 500 views. And in three and a half days, I'd say that's pretty good for us. So, and if people that leave comments, we will reply to you and we will get back to you. And like I said, we will probably end up doing a video specifically answering questions, talking about different animes that you guys like or whatever, whatever the question is, depending on the situation, what the question is. There was a couple ones we had to delete. But anyway, um, we just got our website up and running and it's j3b.tv. Again, that's j3b.tv. Um, our Instagram is just three brothers podcast and our Twitter is j3b podcast. So anyway, today's episode is going to be about future trunks. And it's a super exciting thing because it's one of my favorite characters. It's Vegeta's son. It's super amazing. I'm a bit really excited for this episode with the bro with the bros. So basically, um, the discussion is going to be, what if Trunks never came back from the future? Like, what if he never hopped in the time machine in either timeline, Super or Dragon Ball Z? So that's what it's going to be about today, and I'll give it to Kat first. Um, again, like Dal said, um, this is a very, very. I, I've been ever since this was announced. I was very excited about this episode. Um, you know, talking about Raditz was it was fun and it was good, and uh, I, I feel like I was a little biased because I'm so interested with that character. But now we're getting to the big boys. We're getting to Trunks. We're getting to the, you know, the the prince of the prince of all Saiyans. Um, so the idea and concept behind this what if um, is what would happen if Trunks didn't come back? He didn't come back and kill Frieza. He didn't come back and showcase being a Super Saiyan. He also didn't come back um, and essentially spill the beans on the androids. Um, the one thing we will say though, with this episode is it's really important to uh, make the distinction. We're going to speculate and imagine that Goku never got the heart virus because basically if Trunks didn't come back and Goku had the heart virus, uh, the history of Trunks movie plays out. And I'm sure that that's a lot of, uh, criticism that people would say like, well, if he doesn't come back, it's just going to be history of Trunks. So in this particular, uh, conversation that we're going to have, um, Goku never got the heart virus. So, uh, you know, I think it's a really, um, I think it's a, a really pivotal kind of uh, conversation to have because again, when Trunks came back, um, the, you know, not only was this right off the heels of Goku going Super Saiyan, it was only a few episodes, if I believe, down the road. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, some kid comes, he's Super Saiyan instantly, boom. He, he, he's doing Super Saiyan like it's nothing. Um, there's a few other dynamics that I think are really important to make the distinction with too. Um, he doesn't, there would be no speculation that the androids are coming. And again, these are perfect killing machines that don't use key. They don't use energy. They never tire. Um, so these are very formidable foes that the Z fighters have to deal with. Um, there's even some speculation that it could have been a Marty McFly kind of scenario. Like when Trunks comes back, maybe Vegeta and Volma wouldn't have gotten inspired to, uh, you know, have him in the first place. So maybe he just kind of gets deleted, um, similar to like a back to the future kind of thing. 
Yeah, so right off the back bat, sorry, uh, the first thing I want to say is we're saying hypothetically, let's say Trunks dies or Bulma dies and is never able to complete the time machine. Uh, that's basically the hypothetical. And then right off the bat, I just want to say, let's so let's say Trunks never comes and Frieza and his dad arrive, right? So Frieza comes and King Cold oh, comes and then Goku just got back fresh off a of yard rat. So he knows instant transmission. He's got Super Saiyan. He probably did a lot of training while he was there as well. I think Goku would be able to handle Frieza and King Cold along with the Z Fighters. I think they'd be able to handle Frieza and his dad pretty easily. What do you guys think? The reason why I think that that's accurate as well is just because of the fact that um, not only did Trunks have absolutely no problems with uh, King Cold and Frieza, um, Goku really didn't have a problem with Frieza once he came back uh, with Super Saiyan. Um, so again, I don't even we don't even really get to know how strong King Cold was in general because he just got sliced and diced so quickly. Um, but again, I, I I agree with you completely. I don't think they would have had. Uh, I I think it would have been a fight. Like I think it would definitely would have been a slugfest for sure. Um, but I would speculate that it would. This is again the first of many tangents that uh, Trunks not coming back could have been very interesting. But this is one tangent that I'm going to give it that uh, I think Vegeta and Goku have it unlocked. Uh, I disagree, boys. I'm sorry, but you got to be realistic. I'm not saying Goku, if he was there, if he was there at the same time Trunks was, absolutely. I think Goku, Super Saiyan form, especially after the ancient transmission on Yardrat, yes, he could have handled it. But the fact is he was still in the pod he didn't come. He wasn't there right away. So if Trunks didn't show up, I don't think there'd be no more Z fighters, boys, because you have Frieza and King Cold, and they would have just, man, it would have took, you know, 10 seconds for them to wipe the floor with Gohan. We Vegeta. have Krillin. We have Krillin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean, man? Yeah. Garlic Jr.'s, yeah, Garlic Jr.'s henchman never uh, held a destructo disc in his hand. You're right. But I guess it did. Yeah, I th what wasn't it Freeze's? Yeah, it was Freeze's own Destructo disc actually that cut him in half. So and Krillin's is actually I think roughly a thousand times stronger than Freeze's. So again, we have Krillin, so it's kind of fun to think about like you know him throwing a Destructo disc, two of them, and then King Cold's done, Freeze's done. So yeah, yeah, Freeze I mean, wasn't never, that obvious. Dallas, what do you mean Krillin yeah, I don't could know. just easily take out Freeza. I don't know why I would even bring that up. I I didn't know. If, Freeze. I thought Krillin got killed by Freeze, and that's why Goku went Super Saiyan. I have no, I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, I completely forgot that Goku wasn't there once Frieza and King Cold arrived. That's something. So I guess Trunks came, chopped those boys up, and then they were talking for a while, and then eventually Goku shows up. So I don't know. I, I think it didn't seem like it was that long before Goku finally arrived. So I think maybe Vegeta and the Z fighters might've been able to hold him off until he came, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. There would have been casualties though. 100%. Oh, yeah, Somebody, sure. somebody would have got killed. And <laughs> I think if I'm not mistaken, I think it's two, two times you can get res, res back with uh, dragon balls from earth. Yep. I think, I think I could be wrong, but I know there's a cap on it. But yeah, so, and I know some of those boys have died a few times, so, you know, they might have not came back. And don't get me wrong, there's a, like we said in the last, the last Dragon Ball podcast that we did, like, you know, the Z Fighters, you know, they didn't really ever shine with the exception of a couple of them, Piccolo, of course, that, that, that'd be the big boy. And then Tien had his moment during the Cell saga as well. But Ooh, I actually, I know this really doesn't have much to do with that, but I would love to touch on that. I mean, I feel like that's one of the sleeper scenes um, when Cell is essentially, I believe, one or two transformations from being perfect when he's got the one. the pink, the pink lips. Um, you know, when, when Tien is holding him in that hole with the, uh, the Trigun, I absolutely that's a sleeper scene that a lot of people don't want to talk about just because, you know, TN seems so, you know, just not very important to the, the scene, but that was, I think his, his peak when he's actually holding cell and the amount of key that he used just to completely gravestone that dude. Um, it was really nice to see TN, you know, come out with a point like that. So I, I love that scene. It's probably my favorite TN scene of all time. I mean, there's not really many, uh, TN scenes you can compare it to other than in Dragon Ball Dragon where Ball, he yeah. really he really was uh, 
you know, one of the strongest uh, fighters at the time. But I mean, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, he's still hanging with the boys and sometimes he's coming out there using new techniques. I mean, solar flare, um, such a, such a classic. Yeah. Such a classic, well-utilized ability. I mean, I think it's a 1.2 cell, even use solar flare uh, when he was in that form to get away. Um, so again, like, you know, I just love, I just wanted to touch on that really quick. Just the fact that uh, TN really got a moment there. Well, I'll, I'll just say that that was like, I don't want to be a, a jerk to TN, but that was like really his only shining moment in Dragon Ball Z. I think he might've had a minor one with the Cybermen. I but I can't nah, really dude, He just got his fucking arm chopped right off and he just, he just got dumpstered in the, in the sand saga. Okay. So it was his only, <laughs> only <laughs> yeah. time to shine in the whole series. And you know what, at, at that particular time, because Vegeta and Trunks, they might've just been getting out of the hyperbolic time chamber. If I'm, if I'm correct, or, or like very, like, or they were just getting onto Kami's lookout, but for him to be able to handle a character like sell in his base form, dealt with 17 he dealt with kami piccolo he dealt with 16 and for tn after he became so much more powerful to be able to hold him in that pit and just shove him further and further and further down like and he was he was exhausted after too like it it, it was just a really shining moment for tn we can bring it back to yeah back okay to so ifs. one thing though i think uh it's just it just i just thought of this too um you mentioned 16 now remember 16's primary goal was to ensure that Goku was dead. That was his primary goal. Trunks had, hadn't even understood who he was looking at when he saw 16, because let's remember, I mean, I'm pretty sure we all saw History of Trunks. Um, that movie's phenomenal, uh, but it's just 17 and 18. There's no Cell, there's no 16. Basically, Dr. Giro's creations are 17 and 18, and they've essentially ruled the world. Uh, they're making, uh, you know, child's play out of anyone they've encountered. And then we have, what would I consider? Uh, although, again, it's hard to say. I, I don't even know if that movie is considered canon. I don't think any of the movies are. Um, but this is my favorite Gohan we have ever seen. You have one-armed Gohan, and he is completely badass. I love this Gohan. Um, I would say that, in in my opinion anyway, uh, this is one of the most emotional movies. And definitely, it just it tugs at your heartstrings. I, I love that movie. Um, but again, this is if he didn't come back. So we're kind of uh, just trying to go down the route of um, if his, the history of Trunks never occurred at all. Yeah, okay. So the only thing I have, I have a question and it's kind of relates, but it kind of doesn't. So in one of the, in one of the timelines, the androids are weaker than the other timeline. So is it in Goku's timeline that the androids are weaker? Do you remember? Or is it in Trunks' timeline? I wasn't aware that there was a timeline they were weaker. Um, oh, I, I just didn't either. I feel I like Trunks said a, something like that. That's all. I know that they got a lot of traction in the history of Trunks. It was just them two. They were, um, it was almost like watching a ballet sometimes, how they would fight. There was two of them. Um, you know, the engagement with Gohan. I think it was like really well choreographed. Another fun fact that I absolutely love with this movie is that it, it showcases um, Dance of Eternity by Dream Theater a great band, a phenomenal track. And when that track kicks in for the, uh, the fight with when Trunk shows up and goes Super Saiyan, um, there's nothing like it. Those are the, the, the moments you really live for in the Dragon Ball Z series. And that's something that I, I just absolutely love. And that is something we will be talking about in a later podcast as well, because we do want to go over those movies. But unfortunately, our youngest brother watched most of them when he was too young to remember them so we're definitely going to be doing some homework and watching those movies um all three broly movies the bojack movie android 13 harutagarn like there is like there's a the turles like um uh, not king piccolo ah lord slug Slug. there we go yeah that that, that boy that was a good one so yeah there's a lot of stuff there that we want to go over and i definitely it's even though it's not canon, those are some really, really good movies. And I mean, yeah, that's definitely some some homework that we're going to have to do for the boy. Yeah, that's something I wanted to mention for those who didn't finish the first episode of the podcast. I think towards the end, I mentioned that I've only seen uh, Dragon Ball, the series, and then past the Saiyan and Frieza saga. So past that, I've only, I only really know what's going on based on video games, just uh, 
YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I basically know the whole plot, but a lot of the filler, a lot of the fights and things like that, I haven't seen. <clears throat> Which is fine. And I think that's the one thing that, that Catelyn really brings to the table with, with you is the, is knowing the Dragon Ball really well with you. Cause don't get me wrong. I've watched Dragon Ball. I really enjoy Dragon Ball, but it's not something I've ever rewatched. I watched it one time, start to finish. And that was it for me. I don't get me wrong. I don't get me wrong. I love Dragon Ball, but uh, the, what I have, the feelings I have towards Z and even super, it's just, it's like the martial arts thing. Yes. It's awesome. But like once they start flying around and super sand and all that stuff, like I just I just dig it. It's always been something I've really been into is transforming and becoming more powerful, more strong. Like that's why I love this boy behind me. Like it's just because I love that. I love the just raw power that these guys end up getting and especially towards the end of super as well. And that's something, Carter, we could touch on as well, because not only are we talking about what if Trunks didn't come back in the Cell games, or sorry, the Cell saga, but what if he didn't come back for the Zamasu saga, for the Goku Black? That's true. What would have happened? Like, like, yeah, it's crazy to think about, like, that could change the whole everything. There might be no Terminator power, because it would have been over. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. I can definitely appreciate power scaling and the power creep of the show, but there's a certain kind of charm when you see little kid Goku ripping around on that Nimbus and having the Neoibo extend. I absolutely love the charm that Dragon Ball had. I would say in certain aspects, uh, I actually enjoyed Dragon Ball um, more than Z in some aspects. But again, I think that Z is the heavy hitter. It's the best of the four, um, in my opinion. Uh, again, we've touched on this before. I haven't watched Super. I watched maybe like a few episodes. I, again, understand, uh, much like Carter, the gist of it. I understand it. But again, uh, it's been touched on. It didn't wow me out of the gate. Um, and most of the movies, I'd say the only movie that I really enjoyed was the Broly movie. The other two, for me, in my opinion, just for my taste, it wasn't really for me. But I can understand the the appeal and, and why people would like it. Um, but we're going to pull it back and just get back to uh, the next progression and step. So Frieza, we're talking that it's going to be a fight. I think we can all agree it's a fight. Um, depending on if Goku shows up, that's fine. Um, but I think it's not going to be a drastic engagement. I think they have that fight. So now we're going to go on to the next, uh, the next logical step. The next logical step would obviously be when they get out of the hyperbolic time chamber, right? Because if you think about it, even with Trunks in the timeline, like no offense to the boys, but Vegeta and Trunks got dummied like straight up just by, just by 18, like they really, until they went in the hyperbolic time chamber, like if it weren't for that moment specifically, like, I don't know what they would have done. Like they couldn't pickle Piccolo was really, was really, the, the goat when it comes to anyone on the hero side of things right like he was the only one who engaged 17 he was the only one who engaged cell like none of them had shit even with super saiyan super saiyan vegeta super saiyan trunks they, like they just didn't it wasn't the scaling wasn't the same they weren't on the same level and even if they were which they weren't they, they also the androids like you said they don't they don't get slow they don't get tired they don't they have infinite amount of energy like it's just it's not even a fight you have to be much more powerful than to even you know what i mean to even to to compete with that fact that they don't get tired and stuff like that they're just they're like the perfect killing machines like you said so let's re let's re remember too though is that there was 19 and there was 20 those are androids, Dr. Giro and the, the white one that was kind of pudgy with the pointy hat. Um, so Trunks, if I'm not mistaken, Trunks also had no idea what he was looking at when he saw those two as well. Um, there is one of the most cryptic and dark scenes, I think, in all of Z when 20 and 19 are assaulting the city and Yamcha tries to step in and like uh, defend the city. He basically... Uh, he gets drained and then pierced literally through the uh, chest by Dr. Giro in a burning city. I think that that is one of the most like visually disturbing scenes in Z. Um, it's, it's very graphic. It's like they've never done that sort of thing before. So I love that they really swung for the fences there. Um, but I think that there's a lot of really interesting um, outcomes essentially where um, you know, not even just on the combat side of things, but we really get to see a softer side of Vegeta, even though he's very, uh, he's very, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not familiar with these sort of feelings before because he's so prideful, but you know, he does love his son. 
And although he doesn't know how to show it and he's essentially doesn't really know how to be a dad, um, it's clear that with Trunks coming back and you know, speculation can be made that he maybe uh, subliminally inspired uh, Bulma and Vegeta to get together um, and end up having him. Uh, we get to see the softer side of Vegeta that we've never seen before because he has this very gritty exterior and he's very prideful. So it was nice to see um, some of these moments where, uh, you know, it felt like it really humanized the character. Um, and then he goes to karate chop his son and then use atonement. But I mean, other than that, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of moments that really pushed him to that next level because of his son. You know, ergo, one of the moments I can think of off the top of my head is when Cell kills Trunks and he pierces him through the heart with that uh, uh, energy laser. Um, you know, that really kicked it up to th third gear for Vegeta for that. So, like I say, I feel like even if we're not talking necessarily combat, which I think is the main focus, um, we really get to see a humanized version of Vegeta just because there is that, uh, you know, that pride that his son is just so powerful and it's, it's, you know what he wanted so vegeta i don't like yeah i get it he got soft for sure and so softer but he was he was basically a villain like e even even in dragon ball z he was more of an anti-hero really because he wasn't he never really did anything spectacular as far as like with the exception of like sacrificing himself in the boo saga like he he was always hard like a hard guy right and the thing is even in dragon ball super like he ends up going toe to toe with his son to see what he's got. And he just dummies him. Like, he's just like, it's not even like it's this kid. Like he's just got no sympathy whatsoever and just kicks the shit out of him. So Vegeta's just, I don't know. I love Vegeta. He's a thug. He's one of my favorite, favorite characters by far in the series. Something to think about too. Um, and this is something that I will never let uh, Bulma, you know, get away with is uh, she essentially hooked up with the first villain um, the real true villain that we've seen. So are we just going to not account for the fact that uh, he was introduced to the series to be a psychotic murderer that wanted it out for Earth? Bulma dropped all that because he's looking good in that pink. I understand it. You know, it's, uh, it's a little hard to uh, look good in pink, but I think, you know, when you're able to do it, you can do it good. So speaking of wearing pink, I uh, appreciate the shirt you're wearing there. I think oh, it's very fitting for the episode. This old thing? <laughs> It's a nice shirt. It actually, it's, it's literally perfect. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so basically coming back to it, um, if Trunks ever came, like we, we have no idea where the series would have went to be honest. And that there's that they just, just with the fact of him not coming, there's just so many, so like basically so many rabbit holes you can go down because like for me, the, the big one is obviously you guys disagree with me, but the Frieza thing, um, Goku wouldn't have got there in time, lost some Z fighters right out of the gate, lost some boys, some of the boys, which were a big part and a big help in the uh, cell tournament. Right. Um, like with the, uh, not Cybermen, so with all the cell juniors and stuff, like if they didn't have that many Z fighters, like it could have just been, it could have been just literally onslaught, like everyone could have got killed there. And then another thing is without Trunks, you know, I don't think Vegeta would ever really, like who would have Vegeta went in the hyperbolic time chamber? Would Vegeta ever have became ultra super Saiyan? So like, you know, which wouldn't have really, in in reality, it wouldn't have really mattered because all he did is showcase that he could kick the shit out of uh, uh, Form 2 Cell. But it's, it's still, his pride got in the way of that, of course. And, you know, I, I really wish Trunks would have just handled it, man. Like, instead of thinking and talking and just being soft, like if Trunks was more like his dad, Cell would have never went perfect Cell. If, if Trunks was like a spitting image of Vegeta, he would have handled it. You know what I mean? He would have been like, no, this ain't happening. Not not in my time. I've watched this happen in my timeline. I sure as hell ain't happening that. But he, he put trust in his dad as usual. And his dad let him down. Every time Vegeta has the upper hand, he literally just says, screw it. Like, go your, go your full form, Cell. Just do it. I'll handle you in that too. And then he eats a full-fledged final flash of the face like his vegeta's most powerful attack that he's had yet that's literally the most powerful I also one don't, i don't understand where this confidence come from because it's like didn't slightly early you get your arm literally kicked broken by one of the androids and then it's like like seriously man like he needs to like stick in his lane um 
But remember, so if Trunks doesn't come back, is Cell even there too? Because is he able to utilize the time machine? Mm. Right? Because I'm still a little fuzzy. I can't even remember because I know that obviously Dr. Giro created Cell, but I'm just a little fuzzy. Like, why didn't Cell uh, show up in History of Trunks? There was a reason why. He did. 100. Or no, was it? Oh, the history. Okay, the, the, I, I I get it confused because there's the history of Trunks, right? But then there is also in the actual Dragon Ball Z canon, Trunks Fish goes Ball. back in time, yeah. or and he, or sorry, back to his own time. He destroys both the androids. So I don't think it is history of Trunks. History of Trunks definitely doesn't show it because history of Trunks is literally just the history. But after Dragon Ball Z is done, Trunks goes back to his uh his future, and he literally dummies both the androids and then he goes to the time capsule which is in the field and it's all like the same as when piccolo found it it was all covered over and all like mossy and shit and cell was inside or cell just broke out or whatever and then he just dummies cell he one shot cell like one shots him well okay so like i'm just trying to remember because again it is a little fuzzy for me so how did cell even end up getting deployed in the original just series I have no clue because it never sh- it never showed it. Because I don't know sh- why I keep seeing like his cocoon state bug and then he's prowling around as the hello. Yeah, but that's stabbing that, that. people with the needle tail, which I mean, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And that's- I think the thing that I, if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe that there's two different voice actors for Cell in his perfect form, where he's very, um, he almost sounds regal, and it's. Uh, you know, but I really always loved the creepy insect version of Cell. That's my favorite iteration of Cell. I've always liked how um, he was going around towns to just absorb people in the, one of the most grotesque ways possible. Um, I just think that, that that sort of stuff is really good. So, um, yeah, I'm a little fuzzy sometimes on just basically how he's deployed. But I guess really, um, if I'm not mistaken, he just shows up. He just kind of shows up and he's just stabbing. He's just getting the stabbing going. So I feel like Piccolo senses him from the lookout or something because he already had he already was like literally in the in the moment on uh, in Kami's lookout, getting ready to fuse with Kami for the androids. But then I th- I feel like I'm gonna have to look into that because that's actually kind of bugging me too. But then he like notices that like because Cell doesn't Cell wipe out a whole town like absorbs a yeah. whole town of people, and then that's when. Piccolo comes and then he's still he's still absorbing. He spends like a lot of the show in his in that form until he can find the android just sucking people up and like. Oh, I love it! I love oh, it. Yeah, he's a man getting sucked up. At least Boo and Frieza just kill. They don't like suck you into their suck the life right out of you because he doesn't he doesn't absorb them like he absorbs the android. He literally just like pokes them and just like bleh, sucks the life right out of them. Right, like all wrinkly and shit. Yeah. Yeah. We just talk about how the first form cell and the third form cell were really cool, but then something happened in the middle there. <laughs> something got lost in translation, I think, because he was just like ugly as fuck, and then his voice was like really weird. If I can't, if I remember correctly, and then Vegeta. Yeah, yeah, he sounded kind of like that. And then we have third form cell, who sounds like fucking Plankton from SpongeBob, and then. Obviously, first form cell is pretty cool as well. But. Oh, I, I absolutely love. I think like uh, just his design is so interesting. Um, I love first form cell. The just the voice every single time he introduces himself and he's just hello, Piccolo, and he's just so creepy. I just absolutely love that. Um, you know, but again, so now if we're going natural progression again, so we're done with Frieza. Freeze has either been dealt with or not. Um, to some degree, you know, the cell games, I think the cell games obviously would have went differently, but in the end, it was Gohan that absolutely, uh, you know, took it to the Matthews Bridge and completely killed Cell. I think we can all agree that, um, you know, other than getting blasted and inspiring Vegeta to throw a Kai blast here or there, I I don't want to, I don't want to get, uh, you know, discredit trunks too much, but I don't think he had that much of a hand in the cell games. You know, once he was perfect, I think trunks is pretty irrelevant. Most of the fighting really happened with other than the cell juniors, which I really, you know, that's fine or whatever. Um, I think that based on the fact that there was one cell junior per person, I don't even think it would have, uh, 
really matter that much. So just off the hop, we're going to eliminate Frieza. I think we discussed that as far as it can really go. Sell, you know, obviously there's more speculation. I'd love to hear what people in the comments might say. You know, there's some things that you could probably speculate with that. But then what's next? You know, obviously we're getting into the Boo Saga. Wait, one thing I want to touch on really quick. Uh, if Trunks never came, the Z Fighters wouldn't have been training nearly as hard as they were. So I think once they get around, I don't, I don't know if it would have been as easy as it was, you know, because they wouldn't be nearly as strong as they were in the actual Cell games and even the beginning of the Android saga because they had no idea the threat that was approaching. So there's who's to say? Layers. So there's three layers to it. Um, I feel like on one hand, there's obviously the combat um, uh, intricacies, so how the fights might go. Number two, obviously the emotional connection. We have a lot of characters that really... Uh, I feel like Trunks was almost instantly liked. He was a fan favorite out of the gate. He probably had one of the coolest intros I've ever seen to a character. And I'm talking about across media. Like, mm -hmm. he just comes whippity snip. You know, we've been dealing with Frieza for so long. Um, it was crazy how much of a struggle it was with Frieza. He comes in, he's just like, what are you talking about, Frieza? What are you talking about, King Cole? They're gone. Um, so, I, and then the third final layer is, um, you know, basically, well, actually, the second layer is, uh, you know, the, the like, the, the, the connection, the emotional connection. And then the third final layer um, is just the raw information that he brought from the future. I think that, you know, like you mentioned, Carter, and I'll let you continue that point. I, I just want to kind of just peruse this idea. Um, the, the sheer amount of information that he actually brought back from the future was so paramount to, I, I believe, their success from the series onward at that point. Yeah, I didn't really have much to say other than the point I brought up, but because, again, I haven't seen the actual Cell Saga in itself. So I just thought, you know, since they had no idea the androids were coming, they probably would have continued their training, but not nearly as hard. Uh, they pro Maybe they would have still went to the hyperbolic time chamber and things like that. But another thing is there's only a, there's a limit to how many people can go in the hyperbolic time chamber together, right? I don't know if that's ever touched on so let's say trunks never came do you think vegeta would maybe go in with piccolo or maybe he would have went in with goku and and his son gohan or you, you gotta think that he's he's going in with somebody you know you can't really go in alone like what you just like i don't know i don't really understand what you what, what kind of training you'd be doing in there other than like four billion push-ups uh, yeah, just riding solo. But I mean, <laughs> Goku. Goku even showed uh, that when you're in a ship with like a million bajillion times gravity, when you're on the way to Namek, you know, a couple sit-ups can do a, a boy some good. So mm -hmm. that's the thing, right? We we already know that the gravity in the hyperbolic chamber is even stronger than the gravity in the well, it, the gravity in the ship that Goku travels with. Obviously, the Bulma fixes one up for Vegeta and whatever he. I can't even remember what ridiculous amount of. Vegeta was doing and um during the boo sag or whatever but it's just like I, he would there no, Piccolo and him going into the time chamber I really don't like obviously it would have been good for Vegeta because like like we already know that sands get stronger after battle and after they recover but Namek's don't so the amount of the, the amount of strength that sands can get in the same time compared to any like Namekians or anything is not but you're training with Vegeta <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's like, true. Piccolo's never going to get more um, of a more confident training partner. I think that, uh, you know, it's more beneficial, in my opinion, for Piccolo than it would be Vegeta. One thing I've always thought is somewhat curious is the fact that why don't, number one, I, I'm sure this is explained in the series, but why don't they train not only more in the chamber, um, but also why isn't it two Saiyans? If, I mean, if we want to min-max and absolutely go to the next level, why isn't it just Goku and Vegeta in the time, uh, hyperbolic time chamber for literally 40 billion years, just recovering and beating the shit out of each other and just coming out juiced? I don't know why they don't ever do that sort of stuff. Maybe just because it's obviously, that's not really interesting. They just like, oh, there's a threat coming. Let's go uh, super juice and then come out. Um, so maybe that's why, but... Uh, it also could be a limitation of the actual chamber itself. I know that they use the chamber itself in very integral moments in the series to get that that really competitive edge of the training, but it's not like they're using this chamber a lot. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kami's very particular with when they can use it. 
Mm-hmm. But that's a thing. Kami's gone once they fuse with Piccolo. So that's Mr. probably Popo. Mr. Oh, Popo. Yeah. I love Mr. Popo. Yeah, Mr. Popo. Um, I'm just thinking. There's there's got to be some reason to it. Didn't in the Boo Saga the hyperbolic time chamber actually get destroyed though? The entrance. Yeah. They trap. They trap Boo in there. But then Boo came, Boo was able to like. Didn't he manipulate time or he whatever? Was a like bend the fabric of yeah. reality yeah. to just like. Another one of those Dragon Ball Z loopholes. Yeah. Oh, the Patera unfused. Oh, Boo ate you. Oh, oh that's oh, we're gone. I really want to talk about that. I know this really has very little to do with, you know, the what if of Trunks coming back. But something that I think was just so, so interesting that they did is they set up the Potera fusion. Um, obviously, if people aren't familiar with what the Potera fusion, that's with the earring. Um, they set it up for episodes and episodes. This is permanent. This is permanent. You got to think about it. This is a permanent, permanent fusion. And then so we get like maybe three episodes of Vegito and then they go into Boo for some reason and then it's just fuck. I don't know. Yeah, I okay. Just... That, the thing that's ridiculous with that is, yeah, okay, that's the plot hole in itself, right? Is the fact that he went into Blue, Boo and then all of a sudden because he's in Boo, they unfuse. But Super's canon and Carter, remember when they fused it into Super Saiyan Blue Vegito? Yeah. And it I think it only lasted a half hour, even though yeah, it's supposed to be permanent. Unfused. With the earrings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget the reasoning behind it. What like why did they unfuse in super? I'm not I, I it's been a while since I've seen that saga, so I think it was power because of the because Just of the, the sheer, sheer power. power. Well, let's be Again, fair. even it's... that is kind of Let's be fair. The Dragon Ball Z was a boat. It'd be taken on a lot of water because it is not airtight. Um, There's a lot of times where there's a lot of uh, things that they really build up and then they just break it away with like an episode or two. Um, You'd have to be scooping the fuck out of that water with buckets and just like shoveling that shit out because. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, Something that I always thought was a little bit corny, a little bit cheesy is when they do that we're inside Boo now um, a couple episodes. It really had yeah. this like magic school bus feel where it's like, I don't want to know what Arnold's insides look like. I don't know why we're doing this. This is what his IA order looks like episode. Um, but I thought that that was awful. I uh, There's a couple of times too, where it's like, um, I believe Boo hits him with the candy ray and turns Vegito into a chocolate. And it's like, they do this thing where it's like, he's now he's smaller. He's like a bullet and he's like beating the shit out of Boo. And Boo's like, no, stop, please. Anything but chocolate. Um, but I just, uh, I always thought that the Boo Saga, um, although there are some redeeming qualities, I think it was a shit show as far as incongruencies and just sheer ridiculousness if we want to go there. I, I hate to admit it, man, but the real shine for that whole, the real shine for the whole um boo saga as a whole was literally the beginning of it you know what i mean meeting kabito kai um them going into bobby's ship or whatever and gohan facing off with the burra and majin vegeta and goku and you know majin vegeta and boo you know hey, don't I mean? forget about super saiyan 3 that was one of the most iconic power-ups of the entire series you know fucking sean chamel passed out while doing the screams for that so you can't <laughs> forget about that Love it, dude. He, yeah, Sean, okay, he is amazing. And just the transformation itself was so dope when you, when it unveils and you just have Goku with, like, the fucking music chemotherapy, no eyebrows, and then he's just got the flow. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love SSJ3. I love the idea that when he had no eyebrows, he's got that look on his face. I'm like, uh, is Goku a villain? Like, what? Uh-oh. <laughs> and he got serious when he was in that form, too. His voice gets deeper. He starts oh, taking shit off. Yeah, he starts taking shit a lot more seriously in that form. Yeah, it's uh, there's something iconic about that Super Saiyan three form, which is I hate because I, I'm always going to be bringing up Super too because I I just it's the freshest one to me. But the fact that Beerus smashed uh, Super Saiyan three Goku, it just really shows like how much the progression of the show changed at that point. Because like you said, that was Goku's pinnacle. That was his like, that's his powerful form. Obviously, whatever, G- GT, we're leaving that out of it just because, come, come on, Super Saiyan 4 was thug life. No one can argue that. Like, I love, like, still to this day, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, man. Like, that red hair and, oh, man, it's just, huh, it's the coolest. The coolest. Big, ba- big Bang Kamehameha. Like, so cool. what? Oh, yeah, it's so sweet. Cool. But it, the thing is, the thing that weirds me out with that whole, with the whole fusion thing, 
is I always oh, I always want to blame um, Vegeta's character for the reason that the fusion is so shit because of the fact that it always seems like he doesn't like he he's just so cocky you know what I mean it isn't that's not Goku you know what I mean like the fusion just seems to amplify it especially with Vegito it's just like he just thinks he's the he's the man you know what I mean he knows he's the man so it's like oh well why don't you go get another form then and I'll handle you too it's like oh god like cut it out Vegeta just turn down the pride a little bit buddy uh, yeah, I, I just don't know what's going on with uh, what's actually taking place when they fuse because it's he has this monologue about how it's like, I'm not Goku or Vegeta, I'm Vegito. And it's just like, what? Like, you guys are obviously, um, so who's going home with Chi Chi? Who's going home with Bulma? Like, how are we doing that? Um, That's a good point. You know, if they did stay fused, how would that go? Would they three. just. Three of just them. have both of them on the under yeah. their arms or what's hell going yeah. on here hell yeah <laughs> and then all their kids would just be just hanging out you got go <laughs> go on go 10 trunks or just all the boys you know i don't know why you gotta bring the kids into it but oh no 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 that's not what i meant i'm just saying it would just be weird like is he just gonna be is like is he gonna be the serious vegeto just being a dick to his kids like he is to trunks or is it gonna be goku like actually like being nice to his kids it's just a weird out of all the characters to fuse like goku and vegeta are polar opposite characters there's just completely different so it's kind of it's kind of funny when they fuse together and just yeah just the arrogance yeah i think i think they should have just ditched that whole concept to begin with that when they fuse that they would be permanently fused together if they were just gonna throw that away within a couple episodes you know and then bring it back even in super and then they defuse again but if i'm not mistaken kibito and um shen were permanently fused yeah they were they've never unfused it was just them. I don't know. I just think that that's such a such a good point that uh, the Boo saga kind of got shitty once Boo came out of the egg. I remember the first time he was introduced, he was like, you know, obviously the the fat Boo, um, which over the years, I think, you know, especially with his friendship with Hercule and stuff, he's really, you know, he's really grew on me. But when he was first introduced, um, I was absolutely horrified that this is the direction they were taking. Um, you know, they build this egg hatching up for so long um, and they're going down the levels of the, the spaceship and there's all this, you know, buildup going on. And then when Boo finally comes out, he seems like he's, you know, borderline autistic. Um, he's the character design is like he looks like he's wearing a massive diaper. Like I wasn't <laughs> sure what they were doing with it. But then obviously they, they brought it back. They reeled it in once he realized he's getting he's going toe to toe with Super Saiyan 3 Goku. Um, the strongest at the time form. Um, but again, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you know, the Boo Saga kind of just went downhill once Boo got out of the egg. But there's so many redeeming qualities with right before then. Um, you know, and another character that I think is really overlooked um, is, you know, obviously Demon King Debura. I think Debura is such a very cool character. And that is another one of those unique techniques where he's got the stone spit. Um I, I, I know that he got uh, Piccolo and I believe he got Krillin with the stone spit. He tried to get Gohan with it as well. Um, I just really can't remember how Piccolo got unstoned, I guess. But um, the thing was that I thought was a little weak um, is that uh, the way he describes that he's turning in the stone, I think ended up being, it's just a coating you're trapped in the stone, which is a little less um, severe, I feel. Um, but again, you know, it's that, uh, it's that Medusa kind of thing where now they're made out of stone. I always just thought he was like interesting. I think he was just really well designed. His look was really cool. He, he just seemed like such a, uh, you know, a very classic style villain. Um, there was a, the thing is like, I know the, I know the beginning of the Boo saga was honestly the shining moments. You know what I mean? It really, it really amped you up to the point where you, even though there was a lot of um, a filler and bullshit in the Boo saga, there was still some cool things, you know, like the fact that Vegeta went toe to toe with Kid Boo. I know it sucks that I'm always bringing up Vegeta, but he, like I said, he's, he's my favorite. So bringing up Vegeta, he went toe to toe with Kid Boo. Don't get me wrong. He was getting his ass kicked the whole time. But for him to be able to even hold off Kid Buu when he's that much stronger than him, like he's not Majin, he's just Super Saiyan 2. And for him to be able to hold him off long enough for Goku to do the spirit bomb is amazing. And another person that we left out that we haven't talked about, really, uh, other than fighting Tabura is Gohan. 
when Gohan goes ultimate man and he's literally fighting Super Buu, like uh-huh. I know I know you hate ultimate Gohan, but the fact of the matter is at that time in the series, no one was a match for Super Buu. Nobody. Not go not not Go Tank Super Saiyan 3, not anybody. He absorbed Piccolo, he absorbed Go Tanks, and then Oh, like, sorry, for Super Buu with Gohan and Super Buu? Yeah, Gohan and Super Oh, Buu. I love that fight. But okay, so here's here's again, this is full disclosure. Um, you, I, I, you guys already know this, but if everyone needs to know, um, I think Mystic was the catalyst for Gohan getting essentially neutered. Um, my idea behind the, the, the strength of Gohan was his rage and that hidden potential with his rage. Now he goes with Supreme Kai and he learns to essentially be in a Mystic state where he's now calm. He's now with, uh, I believe he's in a state that is stronger than Super Saiyan 3, but now this is a constant state, but he's locked in. It is as strong as he's ever going to get. He is now Mystic Saiyan. I think that this was arguably one of the worst choices to do with that particular character. I would have loved to see this done with, uh, you know, even maybe Trunks to some extent, or, um, you know, one of the more uh, less you know, important characters, but to do it to Gohan was very difficult for me to see just simply because of, you know, that rage factor had, had really always uh, got him out of sticky situations. It's how he defeated Cell. It's, you know, how he initially, uh, you know, did the headbutt against Raditz. It really just goes to show that once he became Mystic, it was a die from there, you know, even before that, we're going back to when he's going to high school and he's the great Saiyan man and all this stuff. I think that this is an absolute abomination to the show. I think the great Saiyan man is a travesty. It felt like the Jar Jar Banks of uh, Dragon Ball Z. I can't believe they did that to my boy. And this is right after the cell games, right after Gohan has been as cool as he's ever been. Then he, he literally just absolutely gets, you know, castrated. So it was very hard for me to see um, such a, such a massive pivot. I think that, uh, you know, as a kid, he's always studying and, and hitting the books because his mom says so. We gotta, you know, we mom- gotta not touch on it too much because uh, obviously, you guys don't know this yet, but one of the podcasts we're doing in the future is talking specifically about these facts about Gohan and all that stuff. So we don't want to go too much into it because there's gonna be a whole show on my boy Gohan and his basically unlimited potential. So unfortunately, we're going to wrap it into Super now because of the fact that we've talked about Trunks basically in the whole Dragon Ball Z timeline. Um, It honestly seems like, have we come to the verdict that really it doesn't make a difference? Like, really? That seems like what we've we've come to. Trunks not coming back doesn't make a difference is the conclusion we're coming to? Isn't that Um, it? uh, I personally disagree. I still think they wouldn't have trained nearly as hard. And who's to say they would have even been able to defeat the androids or sell in the first place, you know, because they didn't have the information. They didn't have the same strength. So I don't know, maybe the series would have just ended if Trunks never came. I think that's the key. I think he makes a really good point with just the raw information he came back with. Um, It's essentially the almanac scenario where he comes back with information because by nature of coming back from the future, um, you know, he's giving them details that they would have never known. I think that that being said, simply the android saga um would have completely been different i think that if we're going to go grand scope of things if they're somehow able to uh best the androids i think it's negligible just based on the fact that um future trunks doesn't really even show up that much for the super saga if at all it's mostly um the trunks from our timeline the regular timeline um and he's you know obviously becoming go tanks and that sort of thing but i think um, I'm with you, Carter. I, I believe that uh, the Android Saga could have potentially been, uh, you know, a wrap for the Z Fighters if they didn't have just that critical information that they received from Trunks. Uh, and another thing, I feel like, let's say they do best sell, they do best to Androids, and we're going into the Majin Buu Saga. I think it would have been relatively the same, the Majin Buu Saga, even if Trunks was never born to begin with, because Gotenks... Goten trunks don't really add too much to the to the roster to begin with. So I think for the most part, the Majin Buu saga would have played out as normal. They would have never made it to the Majin Buu saga if the movies were canon, though. Because if it were for Trunks, they would have never been able to handle Brawly the second time he came when he came to Earth, right? Because it was it yeah. But again, I don't want to I don't want to muddy the water. That's where we get really into some complicated uh, territory if we yeah, just true. canonize everything. Because you know by the, by 
extension of that it makes a lot of the movies really uh you know as much sense as they don't make already um make a lot less sense so yeah that's true i i think for this specific discussion um it's it's this is one of those ones where you basically have to be canon or nothing there's no way to have the discussion with uh non-canon movies and other material okay well if you're going canon then like i said super scanning it's canon so what happens if trunks doesn't come back in that timeline the first two sagas play out the same obviously resurrection f Mm -hmm. the beer saga they still play out completely the same except i don't even think kid trunks was even in either of those so are we saying that kid trunks was never born i think by extension we we talked on the idea that maybe potentially um bulma and vegeta would have never been even inspired to get together so i think it's safe to say that there's no trunks there's no Um, trunks yeah there's no trunks at all because again like you say that everything plays out exactly the same if it's kid trunks just growing up and doing his shit um i mean we obviously could touch in gt but again that's not canon even though I, i would love to you know make speculation based on how gt would have went as a series um without trunks but you know, so many people, um, you know, just not really enjoy that series anyway. I think it, it wouldn't have made much difference other than the fact that the Grand Tour would have basically just been Goku and Pan, which I think that that dynamic would have just been worse. I think you, you have to have the Buddy 3 to really do the Grand Tour. Um, I forgot that Trunks was involved in the Grand Tour. Yeah, he was there the whole well, time. Well, heavily. He yeah. was heavily involved in the start. I just sure. ask, what, what even is the Grand Tour? Like, I, I know little to nothing about GT. So oh. so basically, how, how does it work? The first episode of Dragon Ball, they find okay. out. I'd like to feel this one because I'm the okay. GT boy. I understand that you can do it, but, I, you know. So so the idea is that Emperor Pilaf comes back. He's old. Um, I always hated that guy. Me too. He's a dick. I mean, Not I even like that. Him. I just don't like the, the parts of the show where Pilaf is in. Even in the original Dragon Ball series, I think it was just really boring, those parts of the show. I think... In, in the original Dragon Ball series, I think the, the peak moments were the tournaments. That's what you really looked forward to in the original series. Uh, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I didn't love Dragon Ball, if I'm being completely honest. I think, <laughs> I think, I think just the, turn, the tournaments alone definitely saved it for me, but a lot of the stuff where they're just fighting peel off and I think I think the red ribbon army is coming for you boy because that was a statement <laughs> that I can't agree with but anyway the grand tour was basically um we get this kind of cutesy thing where peel off comes back it's always nice to see a familiar face other than when it's Frieza um so <laughs> when peel off shows up he does this thing which um at the time we don't know this because it you know Akira comes I, I just know Goku gets turned into a kid somehow yeah, so the idea is that um, Pilaf, I think it was Pilaf who discovers that there's now Black Star Dragon Balls. And so he collects them, makes a wish, turns Goku into a child. Because his thought process is basically, if he's a kid, he's not very tough. Um, so again, there's really no reason for it um, for the Grand Tour, just other than to have like a, you know, a fun-loving grandpa who's actually younger than you. And it's just like, it felt like uh, it was really campy and it, you know, it played out very you know, Goku's a kid again. So you get to relive essentially DB. You look like you're wanting to jump in there now. Yeah. Okay. So the only, the only thing I have is, okay. So didn't when Pilaf wished him as a kid, wasn't it that that wish specifically that it was just too many wishes for Shenron and that's what caused the black star dragon balls to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I I think think I remember something like that being, being said in that series. Like I said, it's been a, it's been a long time, like a long, well, then, long time. So basically, the idea is, um, the Black Star Dragon Balls are now. I, I believe they make a wish with the Black Star Dragon Balls, but they don't realize that the planet that was wished on with the Black Star Dragon Balls um, is destroyed if uh, they're not reunited with some shit. I can't honestly, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I'm, I, you know, I love the beginning of GT, but uh, you know, so it's just. One of those things where, you know, Trunks was obviously heavily involved. They have to go on this grandiose adventure to go get the new Black Star Dragon Balls. Um, there's a couple of really interesting characters in GT, I find. There was a, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but there's a, a guy who had spikes on his shoulders that he ends up pulling them out. It's like uh, lightsabers. I just love his character design. He was very unique. Um, but then it's retconned in because initially, like the idea of Gohan being, or sorry, Goku being a kid really had nothing to do with the plot other than it just felt fun and campy but then it's later akira comes back and he's like oh no 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 no! you need to have the 
pure heart of a child to go Super Saiyan 4. So it really just kind of just felt like it was, um, you know, it just felt too easy. It's like, yeah, he's a kid. And then Vegeta can't do it because he's obviously doesn't have the pure heart of a child. He's an asshole. Um, <laughs> but then they cheat and he's able to do it anyway because Bulma with baby mind control just make a makes a blunt wave machine. And it, it turns out you don't need to be a kid. They just completely everything they set up in the show is like torn down. It's just like Legos to them. They don't really care. Um, so yeah, like I say, GT had its moments, but you know, I, I can understand why people really don't like it, especially the animation style is very different. Everyone literally looks like they're made out of plasticine. There's a lot of reflection. Um, the animation just looks different. And I, I get why people don't like GT. If Akira didn't come back though, like the, the, we wouldn't even be talking about GT. Like, really, if it was just the Grand Tour, like, if Akiri didn't come back and save it with Baby and Super Saiyan 4, like, there's no series. Like, there's no, no one would be talking about it ever. They wouldn't be asking to make it canon or anything. It would just be done because it's Akiri's little touch that he puts on Dragon Ball that made Dragon Ball Dragon Ball. And it's the little touches, too. I love the fact that um, Goku's 10 times Kamehameha is red. It has that, that crimson look. Also, one of my favorite villains in the entire series is in GT, and that's Hellfighter 17. I believe that this is the most underlooked character in the entire series. His look is so dynamic and sleek. I love the idea of you have the two different uh, 17s from different timelines are now fused into one. Um, and he was an absolute juggernaut. I mean, he had my favorite technique in the entire series, the Dark Moon Eclipse Bomber. It was the coolest looking technique. I love that character. Um, you know, so people can shit on GT all you want, but you got Baby, you got, uh, you know, Hellfighter, um, you got Super Saiyan 4, you have Super Saiyan 4, Gogeta. I would say that I wasn't even honestly that big of a fan of Omega Shenron. I just think that he was kind of dull. He didn't really have any motivating factors to me. But he was there and he was tough. So, yeah, he was just a big bad. I mean, the, the big bads don't always have to be perfect. Look at Boo. Right. It is what it is. It's the, that's a thing. You can't really talk too much about Dragon Ball because that there was so few shining moments in that actual series that it's it's kind of overshadowed by you know the whole world tour, right? Like it just. It is what it is. Super Saiyan 4, I think, was the one thing that people will bring out of that show. No offense, because I think Hellfighter 17 was sweet, don't get me wrong, but I just think Super Saiyan 4 was the one thing out of that show which would make anyone want it to be canon just because of that form. And honestly, it's probably the coolest thing they've done transformation-wise in the entire series. Like, come on, that that red hair, man, that gets sick, dude. Like, What else have fan. they done, though? What else have they done transformatively? Like, really? It's like everything is a, a color change and an aura change. This was the first time where it's like Goku's got the red eye shadow. He's got a different outfit when he changes. Like, um, and they're Super Saiyan, but his hair's black now. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And it's not even just his regular hair. It's almost mm -hmm. like mullified with some shoulder shit going on. But another thing that I absolutely loved about Super Saiyan 4 Goku is he felt so evil. You know, the way he talked, the way he fought, it was always just so, you know, it was had this very dark brush stroke with it. So, I, you know, I'm going to give him an A plus for that. I think that yeah. Super Saiyan 4 is like my favorite uh, uh, Super Saiyan form. Uh, people might, I, I, it would be a close, uh, maybe a close tie with Super Saiyan 3 just because I love the no eyebrows. Let's get the hair long. Um, but other than that, I feel like, uh, you know, all these later ones like Super Saiyan God and everyone hold hands. Now we're going to give each other, you know, a boost or whatever. Um, the blue hair, I mean, that one felt so obvious to me. It's like, yeah, of course we had red, we had gold. You're going to throw some blue in there. That's fine. I feel like the transform uh, transformations later just really didn't uh, do it for me. But Super Saiyan 4, I love even Vegeta's. He's got those, uh, you know, those Hollywood leather pants. He's looking great. Um, I, I just think that the, the form itself is just so striking. Ultra Instinct sign though, Carter, man. That's like pretty like it's different you know what i mean like don't it's, get me wrong yeah, it is yeah the look of it's definitely different from any other transformation we've ever seen in the whole series absolutely no, i think i think mastered ultra instinct goku is definitely up there close to super saiyan 4 i still think super saiyan 4 is a cooler transformation overall but i still think ultra instinct was really good i think that's probably the shining factor of super period i think that's the coolest thing they've introduced in that whole series but i think before we end the podcast we should probably touch on 
the fusion zamasu saga what would mm -hmm. have happened if trunks wasn't there yeah absolutely um you can you can start it carter and i can take it away i don't know how much catlin knows about it i don't have a dog in this fight i essentially know that i i believe he he had some conflict with uh super saiyan rose goku or whatever honestly i don't know anything about this so i'm gonna let you guys take the wheel on this one so I know when the Fusion Zamasu Sega starts, it starts in Trunks in Trun in the alternate Trunks future, doesn't it? Where Trunks is fighting Goku Black or something like that. So that would have never been sh that would have never been shown. Mm, uh, doesn't it I start with that, or or does no, it, it start it... that he comes and then? I think you probably know a little bit more than I do. Ah, uh, I'm just thinking how it actually starts. That's the only thing I don't really know. I know that Zamasu um goes back into go or goes in uh, in the future. Basically, Zamasu's killed all the gods, which I still I think that's like kind of a a weird plot hole in itself because it's like how is he strong enough to be able to take on all the gods and all the universes? Like it doesn't really make sense. But obviously he does it, and then uh, he goes back to a, another timeline, absorbs go or switches bodies with Goku or whatever, and then kills him. So then, and then that Goku Black goes and recruits the other Zamasu um, from the the. There's so it's weird because that's the thing. It does a lot of um, a lot of time jumping. Like there's probably like three or four, maybe even five different places in time they go. And it's all like, mm -hmm. it's definitely alternate universes. Right. But I think if I'm correct, that the, um, the trunks from the same, the same trunks, I think from the, um, terminal, of power and the same or not terminal power, sorry, the cell saga. I'm pretty sure that's the same trunks. I'm pretty sure that it just happens later in his timeline. And that's why he comes back. Cause I remember his mom gets killed. It's kind of, it's all a little bit fuzzy when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. But I do know for a fact that he, he was the catalyst in killing fusion Zamasu. Yeah. That's the main thing I was thinking of is so Vegito would have been able to take out fusion Zamasu, but they unfused again. And then trunks is the one who finished him off. So would they, would Goku and Vegeta have been able to finish him to begin with? It's oh, kind of hard to say because they're, they, they're, their energy has obviously been used up after the transformation. I think that's part of the reason they unfuse is because they just use so much energy that it just like tired them out. I think that was actually part of it. Well, they had barely energy going into that phase. Cause if you remember correctly, the fight with uh, Goku Rose and Zamasu, it was long. It was a few episodes long and tr don't get me wrong. Trunks trunks did some stuff in there, but he never really shot Sean in that, in that, uh, arc like he got his ass kicked by goku black he got his ass kicked by zamasu and then after they merged together all of a sudden he goes super saiyan rage crazy white eyed trunks with a little blue tinge in his aura and slices dices he does his he does his thing that he did to frieza and that was it so who knows the thing i do really like about that transformation is how his sword gets turns into energy and just gets massive i think that was really cool it's kind of reminiscent of like cloud from final fantasy where he just has that massive sword and it's heavy and you, there's some weight to it i thought that was really cool but yeah it's hard to say whether or not they would have been able to take out zamasu to begin with but that's the thing it might have just turned into trunks's timeline where they're gone right you know what i mean yeah. because like it, it could have literally just hopped back there because without without trunks going that form they had no like you never know it's, it's dragon ball z and dragon ball super like catlin said here literally you have a ship and there's a billion holes in it so who really cares well, yeah the thing the thing that i'm kind of like seeing the pattern with trunks not being there is like there's essentially there's 50 50 mm -hmm. basically there are instances where he doesn't really affect anything so it kind of just plays out the same and then the other ones are there's some pivotal moments where basically it could have halted the series to like essentially them being defeated so, Definitely. I mean, again, he, he is, like, a, one of the big boy characters. He's not, like, I wouldn't even say he's top five as far as, like, importance to the series, maybe. It's hard to, you know, quantify that. But I think that basically the conclusion of this one sounds like um, when it does matter that he's around, it really matters. And it could potentially just, uh, you know, put a nail in the coffin of the series at that point. So I, I, that's where I'm concluding it that's honestly i'll agree 100 percent. like there's mm -hmm. no debating that it's like it's all or nothing it's like there's just so many things to it it's like either they don't get through the android saga or they don't get through the super saga it's just it's either it's nothing or or you know 
they pull Zenzu beans out of their ass and all of a sudden Goku and Vegeta have a Zenzu bean and then they fuse into Gogeta and then take out, like, you know what I mean? Like there is other things they could do, but yet again, like you said, Dragon Ball has so many, so many holes throughout all of the series. And that's from Dragon Ball, right? to GT to all the movies. There's a lot of inconsistencies and stuff, but it overall, it's an amazing show. And I mean, frick, it literally was like one of the biggest things in our young life. You know what I mean? It those forums i remember like playing games outside pretending we were super saiyan whatever right you know what i mean like it had a big impact on our childhood more so than even like the really popular um ones that came to uh, north well it's even crazy it goes beyond that too because i mean the thing that you have to realize what dragon ball z especially um is it inspired like you know fan base like websites where you'd have like rp and stuff and then it would also uh, inspire like an arc called I'm not sure if you're familiar with this part but there was a thing called Dragon Ball AF where it was like mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Ar- alternate future like Super Saiyan 27 Goku hey you want to know a fun fact about AF the person who did all the art and who drew the manga for AF is the lead designer of the manga and Dragon Ball Super Akira Toriyama was so impressed with his work that he hired him and he's the lead artist for the manga of Dragon Ball Super Hell yeah, dude. That makes sense because I, I I read probably like uh half of the manga for Moro, the new arc after Super. Mm-hmm. And it is it's freaking good, man. Like it's crazy how well done it is. I'm like, holy crap, because I've never really um as far as Dragon Ball goes, I've never really read the manga, to be honest. And I know I know a lot of people complain about that and stuff like that, but I mean I've never really been into the whole manga thing per se. I like I like the translation and can, what the manga can turn into with with really good artists and you know what i mean a lot of hard work obviously and there's and, two uh, camps though there's two camps yeah. oh 100 percent. there's the fan service when it's good and then this is the fan service when it's really bad and i'm talking these like very uh low budget movies live action i think they need to just fucking Yikes. stop doing uh live action dragon ball z movies um it, that's a big yikes for me dog i don't know if uh <laughs> that's that's ever gonna happen i think it again i mean Obviously, if they put it in my hands, I would make a fucking masterpiece. If I had unlimited funds and unlimited CGI potential, um, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to start it at the Saiyan Saga, and I'm just going to, you know, essentially have my own liberties. Um, I would love to, you know, have a, an endless budget just to essentially do that. But again, I don't. Uh, I have no interest in live-action DB. I think live-action DB needs to get, you know, essentially just buried out back and forgot about. Because again, I'm not even getting to get into Dragon Ball Evolution this episode. I think we'll obviously touch on that in an episode later, but Please that will don't. be just three brothers shitting on fucking <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah, that'd be the title. Shitting that, on that, Dragon Ball Evolution. That literally, like, I have nothing good to say. Like, nothing. I, I can't. Even if I wanted to try to defend it, there's no defending that piece the of crap. The first movie, I literally legitimately walked out of the theater. Um, it was, Did you? Uh, I stayed for it all, and I was disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, guys, that's basically the show. Um, we talked about, as usual, we go down rabbit holes with this. There's just so many things with Dragon Ball, and there's so many episodes. There's over 300 episodes just in Z. Like, there's just a whole giant arc. We talked about Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super. Kind of touched on the movies before Caddy shut that down. But if you want to get a hold of us, the best way to do it is through our YouTube channel. Um, just Three Brothers, type it on YouTube, first thing that pops up. Um, also, J3B.TV is our website, and that should be up in the next two weeks, hopefully. Um, we're lighting a fire under our guys' butt to get that up for us. Um, you can get a hold of us on J3B at Twitter, and you can get a hold of us at Just Three Brothers Podcast on Instagram. So yet again, thank you for watching. Thank you for viewing. Thank you for subscribing. We appreciate you guys, and we will show our appreciation by really giving back to our community and answering questions, comments, concerns, Anything we can do to make our show better, we appreciate. So that's it. Have a next one. Have a good one and see you guys next time, guys. Peace. Later.